You're listening to the Informational Interview 2.0 podcast. This is a podcast focused on how communications can spark innovation and career growth. Welcome to the Informational Interview 2.0 podcast. My name is Kevin Anselmo. I am very excited about today's show. We will be interviewing a terrific guest. Her name is Trisha Zalea Leon. She is the Director of Career Development at Rollins College. Very much looking forward to hearing her insights, but also very much looking forward to doing this interview in a slightly different way than what I'm accustomed to in the past. Usually it's just me doing an interview with the guest. In this case, I actually have a guest co-host who will be conducting the interview with me. Her name is Haley Panessa. She is a student at Rollins College, and she is someone who I've been working with very closely over the last couple months. She is an intern with my project called Global Innovators Academy. Haley, welcome to the other side of the podcasting equation as you've been involved in producing some shows. And now here you are with the microphone in your hands. Yes. Hi, Kevin. I'm so excited to be here today. Terrific. Can you share with our audience a little bit about your background before we delve into the interview with Tricia? Yeah, of course. So I'm an incoming senior at Rollins College. I'm an international business major, a Spanish minor, and this summer I'm currently interning with the Global Innovators Academy, which has been an awesome experience. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit about the type of work you've been doing? Yeah, so particularly I was a participant in the Interview and Innovator course, and this course allowed me to interview Kevin McLaughlin, who's the co-founder of retail clothing store Jay McLaughlin. This opportunity allowed me to connect with someone who I have a passion to potentially one day be. I have a big passion for the fashion industry. So it really allowed me to like get out of my comfort zone and connect with someone who I admire. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that background. Now, without any further ado, let's jump right into our discussion with Trisha. So we are pleased to be joined by Trisha Zalea Leon. Trisha, thank you so much for being a guest on the Informational Interview 2.0 podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So have you ever done a podcast before where one of the hosts is a student who is at the same institution as yourself? Never. This is a a real (laughs) new experience for me. I'm so excited. Great. So we are as well. Before we dive into some of the questions, can you tell our audience a little bit about your background, what you do at Rollins on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. So I've been at Rollins. I'm going into my, what is this? My eighth year at Rollins or seventh. All all time kind of flies when you're having fun. But I currently serve as the Director of Career Development within our Center for Career and Life Planning. And in that role, I oversee all of our one-on-one career advising. We do targeted outreach to students in classrooms and student organizations, talking with students about major and career exploration and connecting them with job opportunities and just thinking about high-impact practices that will lead to experience for whatever will come next for them after Rollins. And I also oversee our employer engagement program where we work with local and national employers to connect them with students who are in need of opportunities, in need of expertise, and in need of professional development and growth. And then finally, I I really work to make sure that we integrate career discernment and preparation into as many facets of the student experience for Rollins students as much as possible. My ultimate goal is to make sure that no student graduates from Rollins without ever having at least heard of the Career Center or set foot in it because it's so important that students be thinking as early as possible about what will be next for them after graduation. 
Yeah, and before Haley gets to our first question, I can just vouch for the employer engagement work that you're doing because I've been fortunate to work with Haley, who's here, as well as with Ashley Gunter, who is producing this podcast and is a student at Rollins and have really appreciated the work that your team has done in terms of connecting fine individuals who are students at your school and connecting them with people like me. So That's thanks. a wonderful endorsement. Thank you. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Very exciting. So being a student who's very interested in entrepreneurship, I would love to hear any stories like how you've witnessed innovation shape a person's career path through your experience working at Rollins. So when it comes to innovation, I'm going to share a story that may be a little unorthodox and a bit surprising, but I do teach a first year seminar and it's very common that many students will come in in their first year and say, I want to be a business major because I want to start my own business. I'm not really sure what business I want to start, but I want to be an entrepreneur. And that's really ambitious and I love that. But there was a student, I think a couple years ago, maybe Ashley in your class, I can't remember, but he came in and we all went around in like the first day of class and we were talking about ourselves and something interesting about us. And he mentioned that he had started a clothing line and he already had a website and he had already had sales and every day in class he would wear his actual designs. And it was surprising to me because I hadn't seen a lot of 18 year olds who come in already with a really clear laid out plan as to what their business is and what they were trying to achieve. And so that was really inspiring, but he said he wanted to go to college no matter what. And we see, you know, there's lots of stories about people who start their own clothing brand or they do something entrepreneurial and they don't need a college degree and they make big bucks doing that. But he specifically had said how important it was for him to go to college so that he could supplement whatever success he sees in the future with that particular brand. And I think that's the true innovation right there. I mean, you'll see a lot of people critiquing college, especially a liberal arts college, Mm -hmm. talking a lot about why do you need to go to college? There are plenty of successful people who come up with a great idea and they just make a ton of money. And yeah, yeah, that can happen. It doesn't usually happen for most people. (laughs) And so having a backup uh, as college is always important. And in my opinion, in my experience, college is the breeding ground for innovation. I mean, when you go to college, you get to meet a ton of different people. You have new experiences that you've never had before. And that just gets your brain kind of lit up to ideas and, and things that maybe you would have never thought about before. Whereas innovation breeding a career path typically tends to be like, oh, you know, I found this technology and it really was inspirational to me. I really think college is that innovation that gives you the space to ideate, to innovate, and to really work with others to develop those ideas and take them to wherever they can go. So as you're talking here and talking about network, kind of a light bulb goes off because Haley, as we said at the intro of this podcast, her interest is completely aligned with that student you just described, an interest going into retail. So the opportunity to make those sort of connections. Oh, yeah. It's huge. And it's great to be able to pivot when you have an idea. That's wonderful. But sometimes, especially now, you know, we are in this very unprecedented time But when everything is requiring us to shift our focus and attention and energy to new things that maybe we never, I don't know how many of us predicted a global pandemic right now. Uh, So we're having to (laughs) do very new, innovative things, not because we're excited to do them, but because we have to. Sure. So in describing this student, this student seemed to have a very clear direction. Now, certainly there are probably many students 
kids that you're working with who have an inkling of an idea of what they want to be when they grow up, but they've lacked that clarity. And also reality is, as someone who is a couple decades removed out of college, our careers take many sorts of twists and turns uh, throughout our career path. But you have any sort of insight in terms of how do you help students gain clarity who might not be very sure about what they want to do when they conclude their studies? I'll tell you that I actually prefer working with students who are unclear about what it is they want to do, because I think there are a good number of students who come in, maybe they don't know exactly what they want to do, but they are very linearly focused. They say, I want to be this major because I want this particular job. And that's kind of how we've all been conditioned to operate over time. I mean, they say that major really does matter. And in some ways, yes, but in many ways, I say no. And so I find that I have more students who kind of see the world as their oyster, which is exciting, but it can be overwhelming, both for me as their advisor and also for them to actually put down a, an action plan to talk through how they're going to get to whatever success looks like for them upon graduation. And so I find it's really simple sometimes to sit down with students and put a list together of things like all the majors that Ron Collins has to offer. And we say, okay, now you may not know what major you want, but I feel like you probably can narrow this list down to the majors that you absolutely don't want. And so we're literally crossing majors off the list and they'll say, oh, I don't want to be a dance major. I don't want to be a music major. I don't want to be anthropology, things like that. And then what we can do is start to see some themes that emerge from what's left. And oftentimes you'll see maybe social entrepreneurship and business and international business. And then automatically you get into this place of, huh, there's some themes here. What excites you? What makes you passionate about these particular majors? And now let's explore all the different kinds of things you could potentially do with those majors. And spoiler alert, you can do lots of different things with all of these majors. And so it's it's just learning about a student's real goals and where they're trying to go that then when we do an activity as simple as that, it's a piece that helps me kind of put those, those puzzle pieces together and help them, empower them to put together a plan that's going to make sense for their four years at college and then beyond. That's awesome. I love hearing like advice from all different staff in the career development. I've worked with so many people at Rollins, but I've never worked with you. So I was really excited to be on this podcast, meet you and get advice from you. One thing that I would love to hear from is networking strategies that you recommend to your students. Yes. Networking is probably the strategy that I would say is most important for postgraduate success, even if the goal is to go on to graduate school, because it's important to think about who is in your network, who are the people who can give you good advice about whatever career path that you're interested in, who can serve as a reference for you, either professionally or academically, and how can you expand that network over time? Because the reality is that job searching in general, only about 30% of jobs that are available are online and the rest really exist through word of mouth. And so it's a hidden job market that it's unfortunate in, in a lot of ways, but it's also it's who you know sometimes. And so you have to find out who you don't know to actually get to know them. 
prior to COVID, my first recommendation to students had been make sure you're on LinkedIn, make sure you know how to virtually network with people, make sure you understand what an informational interview is and reach out to people in desired fields or industries or career paths that if someone can do a nice warm connection for you, then do that and take them up on that. And now post-COVID, it is the way to do that because we aren't doing a lot of in-person things. We can't. And so having a polished LinkedIn profile is super, super key right now, making sure that your headshot is professional and up to date, not something from six months or a year ago, making sure that your LinkedIn profile looks different from your resume. There is kind of a formula to making that look good and making it seem super polished and elevating that so that folks who have jobs to offer can see what you're interested in, adding some hashtags to that, letting them know that you are open to work opportunities or or things like that. I would say that really does have to start in the virtual space because you can have access to lots of people that way. So having your initial profile created is important, but also then connecting with things like an alumni network. Our Rollins alumni network is very, very large and expansive. We have a lot of alumni who want to be contacted by current Rollins students and by new alumni so that they can provide expertise, provide just guidance on how to navigate the job market currently and or, I mean, right now we are engaged in an initiative where our Office of Institutional Advancement is reaching out to alumni, Rollins alumni, to see who has opportunities for recent college grads because they know that it's a really tough job market right now. And so we're trying to also shake the trees and call all of our 2020 grads to see how they're doing and if they've landed or if they haven't. And if they haven't, what kinds of opportunities are they seeking so that we can then connect them to what some of our other alumni have to offer. And so that's really the ideal networking should lead to not only your own professional development, but it would be great if then you have someone that can put an opportunity in front of you. And if they know you well, they can vouch for you. And sometimes that helps kind of circumvent the applicant tracking system of having to dump your resume and application into some sort of robot uh, where you could actually know a person and be able to say, this person referred me and then that person serves as a reference for you. But that's not easy. The networking piece is probably the hardest thing to to do and you have to know where to start. Um, And so finding one person to serve as a mentor for you or to be that conduit is really key. And so anyone who's connected to a college, I'll always put in the plug for visiting your career center because they are the folks who have their fingers on the pulse of the alumni network, of employer networks, and just knowing how to help you really formulate what an introductory email might look like and making sure that your brand, your professional brand online is solid as well. I mean, I love everything that you're talking about there because it's a big reason why I started the program called the Global Innovators Academy and this informational interview 2.0 experience. And you're talking about informational interviews. Both Haley and Ashley have done really interesting interviews with different professionals and then written articles online. And the whole idea is around basically what you're talking about, like having a strong, strong digital footprint and having like a LinkedIn profile that looks like more than just a nice headshot, but also what kind of content do you have? 
have there. Can you talk a little bit more about digital footprint and maybe some some specific things that you do or some maybe specific examples of students that you've worked with where they had their LinkedIn profile was made perhaps non-existent or very much at the basic stages. How do you work with them to build up that digital footprint that makes a student more marketable? Yeah, many of the students who come in to our center are typically coming in because they have an assignment that requires them to create a LinkedIn profile, which is wonderful. I'm okay with people being forced to come and talk to me. I'll take it. But what happens is that many people will create the profile and they'll put up a picture. They'll put up that they are a Rollins College student and that's kind of it. So we really are working from scratch. Thankfully, LinkedIn has a lot of templates available and they have LinkedIn University where you can actually download a checklist for, okay, is my headshot professional? Do I have endorsements? Do I have recommendations? What are ways to make my about me section really catchy and not just a paragraph of content? And that's one of the things that we use to just sit down with the student and say, okay, where can you add to this? And let's talk about it. And it's a little intimidating, especially for younger students or those who don't have a lot of experience at work experience. And that's okay, because then we talk a lot about, well, let's think about the classes that you've taken. And yeah, there are ways to market what you did in that particular course to something that would resonate with an employer. And that's usually a moment where a light bulb goes off to lots of students. They're like, oh, I didn't think about using my classwork as as something to talk about with an employer. And it's one of the things that I say actually sets especially liberal arts students really apart from the pack when it comes to just the skills that they're getting within their own liberal arts experience, because inherent in that are the things that employers are seeking, critical thinking and problem solving, oral and written communication. I mean, every student that I know has to do at least one group presentation and they may hate it, but my goodness, there's so many transferable skills baked in to a group presentation assignment, right? Like teamwork and collaboration, obviously having to write in general and then present that information and share data in a pleasing kind of way. Those are skills that employers don't have time to teach you how to do on the job. They have some to be able to train you on particular software packages or a certain way of doing things at their organization. But those are really key skills that we can also highlight and elevate even in LinkedIn to share. This is how my presentation look. Put that actual presentation in to your LinkedIn profile. And that demonstrates right there that, yeah, I do have lots of experience with public speaking and I was the group leader and working with a group or a team is something I'm comfortable doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be paid work experience. It really, you can build that directly from your academic curriculum. Yeah, and I feel like innovation goes into like even your digital footprint. It's like setting yourself apart from everyone else in the work field or the industry that you're trying to go into. Innovation, I've thought about a lot this summer working with Kevin. We're always thinking about new innovative ideas. And it's interesting, every industry, you're innovative in different ways. I would love to hear how you've been innovative in your own career or how you plan to be in the future. Yeah. So in career work, there is a theory that I often refer to. It's called happenstance theory. And it is one that most people like myself as a a structured type A personality, I don't love because happenstance theory talks a lot about you can make all the best plans that you want for your life, but sometimes opportunities kind of just present themselves based on 
where you find yourself at that particular moment in time. It could be that you happen to be in the right place at the right time and somebody had an opportunity to share with you and maybe you were qualified, maybe you weren't. Maybe you have a boss that takes a different position or goes on leave for some reason and that elevates you and catapults you into their realm and their work and maybe you feel prepared for that, maybe you don't. Maybe it is that you do a career pivot and you thought you were going to go in one direction and it just so happens that the market leads you into another direction. And sometimes this is comfortable. Most of the time it's uncomfortable and requires you to innovate with yourself. And so a lot of what I've been sharing with people right now in these tumultuous times is that upskilling is super, super key. So no matter what kind of end game you have related to your career, it's very, very important that you are constantly looking for the next thing or reading up on trends in your industry and or in industries that maybe are ancillary or supplemental to to ones that you're interested in. There are lots of different kinds of platforms and programs that are being created as we speak that allow us to do video conferencing in different ways, graphic design in different ways, and especially massive open online courses. They're offering free opportunities right now to take courses in photography and project management and things that maybe you look at the outset, you're like, well, not something I'm really interested in, but could it be something that pads your resume? Could it be something that you just kind of happen upon and it helps just make you more marketable when jobs do start presenting themselves a bit more and a bit more volume later on? And so that innovation, that ability to get ahead of the curve, to think about what the future holds is something that I think this generation of student is particularly more prepared for than maybe previous generations simply because we've been in lots of different kinds of pivots since 2008. And so I applaud this generation for their ability to kind of create spaces where you can do virtual community building and you're not uncomfortable in a remote kind of space and you're finding ways to make it work. That's something that versatility, that flexibility is super marketable to a future employer. And it's what they're going to be looking for as we continue to innovate post-COVID because the virtual space isn't going to go away. Yeah, we're going to get back in person. We're going to do events again in the future. I do think there is a lot of opportunity to be found in this virtual space that this generation of employee is going to be really, really critical in leading and strategizing and, and saying this is what that should look like for the future. So I guess you're putting happenstance theory, I guess you can probably say like if you need an example of happenstance theory, it would be like March 11th till t- today, whenever you're listening to this. Absolutely. <laughs> We're all in it. <laughs> Just curious, building on Haley's question. So are there things that you are doing different, you and your colleagues at the Career Development Center at Rollins, demonstrating this happenstance theory, working differently than you were in February of this year? Yeah, so we actually, prior to March, our energy was focused was on integrating career preparation into the academic curriculum. Uh And and so many students were required to come to our office to complete a resume in a required course. We had a liaison program where our staff were connected to many different classes to provide outreach focused on major and career exploration. We had a physical career studio wherein students can just happen upon the center without having to feel 
really intimidated to come and talk to a career professional about their future plans. And all of those things are now on hold because many of our courses have been pared down in general, simply because of workforce reductions or because energy has to go elsewhere to different kinds of courses. And so we don't have the same opportunities for requirements that we had in the past. Additionally, health and safety protocols prohibit us from being able to sit in a physical space next to one another and actually review a physical resume. There is just no way to make that happen healthily. And so we have had to shift things into the virtual. And we did that. We did that over spring break. And I think we, we pivoted the way that we could. But over the summer, what we've really talked about was redesigning the entire career services kind of model instead of just replacing what we were doing before and dumping it into a virtual kind of experience. An example of that is so we can't have the physical career studio, but instead what we're going to do is we're thinking through career cluster sessions where we will provide hours of we're going to be in the virtual space, but we're going to have our, our peer career ambassador facilitating those sessions focused on things like resume reviews and LinkedIn profiles and cover letters and grad school searches. And many people can come to the space and there will be group conversations about how to do that because looking over one person's resume is fine, but hearing that in a group to, to learn from what someone else it has on their resume and how you might take some of that and apply it to your own career documents or how you might talk about networking differently because someone else mentioned something and it just kind of generated a new idea for you. We think that can still happen in a virtual space, but having that led by peers makes it so much more accessible and realistic than having the adults do it, right? So we, we train these peer career ambassadors and they can be the ones to innovate some of this and we're bringing them into the fold to talk about how do we train differently? How do we think about providing these services differently? And they're the ones that have said, yeah, you can still do the studio, but it just has to look different. And so we've kind of boiled everything down to what are the necessities and where do we find really high impact kinds of practices and where should we put our energy instead of the places that we did before? And we'll go back to those when we are back in person. But for now, how can we maximize this space without it having this zoomed out kind of burden, but making it really focused on the students and letting them Student driven. Yeah. Yeah, great. Would you have any advice for educators in general? You talked a little bit about the role of higher education and, and careers. Whether you're teaching someone, you mentioned music at the outset. So whether you're teaching music or whether you're teaching business, that student needs to have certain skills in the workplace. They need to have purpose. They need to have basic communication skills. They have to be curious and have a mindset of curiosity. Do you have any sort of advice based on kind of being an expert in this area as a career relations person? Advice for educators, whether you're in music, history, whatever, on how you can help students develop those life skills? Yeah, honestly, I think we all naturally do this. And I learned that early on in my time at Rollins when I've been working closely with my colleagues in academic affairs to help train faculty and provide professional development opportunities for faculty to enhance their own academic advising. And at first, when we had these conversations about like, hey, I'm coming from the Career Center, it'd be super helpful if you as faculty members would be able to begin these conversations with students about what postgraduate success looks like. At the outset, I heard some people saying things like, well, I'm not a career counselor. That's not what I'm here to do. And I was like, I get that. You're absolutely not. And I'm not asking you to be that. But 
these are the questions that we often ask. I mean, my very first appointment with a student actually is rarely about, all right, let's, let's dig into your resume. It's about, tell me about you and what makes you excited and passionate and what are your goals? Like, how will you know that this Rollins degree has been helpful to you? And how can I help you build in opportunities or things that you maybe have never thought of before? Did you think about studying abroad? Did you think about an internship? Have you thought about a really formalized mentorship relationship and how that could advance your career in the future too? And so it's just really having a connection with someone and being able to converse with them about what their goals are and then knowing the resources that exist. You don't have to know it all. You just kind of have to know, oh, here are some things that this particular institution has to offer. These are people that I would recommend you reach out to because they have mentored other students or they have a great amount of knowledge about that grad school or that particular field or industry. That's a lot of what we do as Career Center staff. We are the subject matter experts, but ultimately we're kind of that connective tissue. So we speak with students, we, we try to do intake with them and learn about their goals. And then we help put them in front of employers or internship supervisors or faculty members who can educate them about the theater industry. I'm not an expert in the theater, but I have plenty of faculty partners who do know a lot and are very well connected. And so we say, all right, your homework is to go talk to this particular faculty member and then come back and let's pack it. Let's think through what you learned and how how is that informing what the next steps are going to be for you into the future. And so I think everyone has the capacity to do that level of relationship building with students and then to find the right resource to then send them back and then serve as a mentor because that's really where a lot of students I think are lacking is having someone who can serve as that guide for them. I love it when it's me. I love it when it's somebody else that's super close to a student too. It doesn't matter if it's their faculty member, if it's even a peer. I mean, we train peer career ambassadors to be that for their friends as well, because we see in surveys of alumni that over time, those who didn't visit a career center or didn't really learn a lot about their career, they asked their parents, they asked their friends, they asked a former teacher. And so I'm all about deputizing as many different people as possible so that the information gets to the student and ultimately I want them to come to us but if they don't they're getting it in the classroom they're getting it from a faculty member they're getting it from their student organization and so really being involved is super super key and educators are kind of folded into that fabric no matter what yeah Awesome. So I think Haley and Ashley are in good hands over at Rollins with the career development services and the approaches that you're talking about. In closing, Tricia, can you just let our audience know where if they'd like to connect with you or learn more about the work that you and your colleagues are doing at Rollins? Is there a place that you'd like to direct them? Yes, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look me up, Trisha Zalaya Leon. I'm happy to connect with you. That is the first step for networking in general. But otherwise, you can email me or check out our Career Center website just by going to the Rollins website and typing in Career Center, and you'll see a lot of the resources that we have there. Sounds great. Awesome. Yeah, this was a great experience. So nice meeting you and hearing more perspective from a career development staff member at Rollins. Yeah, thank you so much, Trisha. Really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you. Good luck with everything. Take care. I'm Heidi Justo, one of the other co-hosts of the Informational Interview 2.0 podcast. We hope you enjoyed the insights that were shared. We will be back at you with a new episode in the very near future. 
in the meantime, to keep in touch with me and learn tips to help you proactively manage your career, I invite you to review my website, www.careerpathwritingsolutions.com. There, you will find a rich collection of career-related articles, and you can sign up for my monthly newsletter. And on my side, I invite you to check out the Global Innovators Academy website and learn more about my Interview and Innovator course. Students interview professionals and then create content online. As a result, they enhance their network, learn critical communication skills, and build a stronger digital footprint that makes them more marketable. More information is at www.globalinnovatorsacademy.com. Thanks again for listening. Take care and so long for now.